This episode is supported by FX's Clipped, the scandalous story of the 2014 Clippers owner's racist remarks captured on tape and heard around the world. The series charts the tape's impact on a dysfunctional basketball organization striving to win against their reputation as the most cursed team in the league. Starring Lawrence Fishburne, Jackie Weaver, Cleopatra Coleman, and Ed O'Neill. FX's Clipped, streaming June 4th, only on Hulu. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. What up, everybody? This is Rob Brandt. And this is Rick Brandt, and we are the Brothers Brandt. Welcome back to episode 69 of the Brothers Brandt podcast, Masters, 2021 Masters weekend down in Augusta, Georgia. We did an episode a couple of months ago in November when the Masters was taking place in 2020. Uh, So be sure to check out episode 51 of the Brothers Brandt podcast, where we talked about the rich history of Augusta National, the Masters, our previous experiences of being there in 2016, 2017, 18, and 19, and, uh, and, and the magical experience of being there for a Tiger Roar. But this episode of the Brothers Brand Podcast is going to be all about 2021's Masters. Rick, let's take it away. Like, tell these listeners what they're in for. Sure. So you and I, Rob, have a unique opportunity each year to be at the Masters, not just for the tournament, but for the practice rounds that lead up to it, as well as the youth drive, chip, and putt national championship finals and the second edition this year of the women's amateur tournament, which took place on the Saturday before the Masters began. So we're going to dive deep in for you listeners what our experiences were this year in Augusta, Georgia, and just how memorable it really was. This year, we had a limited capacity due to the coronavirus pandemic. So instead of having 40 or 50,000 people on the grounds each and every day, it was less than 10,000 people. An intimate feeling, a rare setting, which will hopefully never exist again. Come 2022, hopefully all fans will be permitted back in attendance and we will be used to that roaring sound at Augusta National. And Rick, just to chime in there, I asked everyone that I wanted to ask about their thoughts on the 10,000, 8,000 people that were in attendance. And a majority of the people that I asked that question to, like what your thoughts were on it, 
have been previous years. So they know what it's like 50,000 and everybody looked around and they just go with these big old eyes and just go, I love it. <laughs> we have the place to ourselves, And it was so true. You know, here you are on thousands of acres and you don't have to, you know, fight the crowd to, to see who you want to see your front row everywhere. It's really a, really was a special, um, you know, special time at Augusta national this year. And since we're talking about the crowd and the attendance, let's talk about the, the cool people that we saw, Rick, let's hang for a minute and talk about all the celebrities. Cause there was no shortage of celebrities and you can, you could pick them out from the crowd because there was only 8,000 people. Rick, who did you see this year at the Masters? Well, my personal favorite encounters came from people that we knew prior to going into this year's Masters. And they were podcast friends that had been on the Brothers Brand podcast just in the last month. First and foremost, none other than the voice of CBS, the voice of the Masters, Mr. Jim Nance himself, Rob. You and I have met him. We've said hi to him before. Uh, this was a different experience having had him on the podcast, having developed a friendship, a connection, a plan to see each other at the Masters. Now, granted, due to protocols with the coronavirus, we were not able to get together as we all wanted to for a nice meal, but we did spend several minutes, probably close to 10 minutes, on the grounds, right alongside that first tee box, watching Freddie Couples tee it off in a practice round, and Jim and I just shooting the shit, chopping it up like buddies. And that was really cool for me, Rob, as well as Mr. Lauren Smith, who has published five books about Augusta National and the Masters Golf Tournament. He is a legend in the state of Georgia, and he's been on our podcast as well. And it was so kind of him to take time out of his busy day while he was covering it media purposes to come and see both of us during the Masters. 100%. I, like you, obviously saw Lauren Smith. And it was so great to see a friend of the pod at Augusta National watching the 2021 Masters. It was, it was fantastic seeing Lauren wherever you are right now. Great seeing you. Thanks for being a friend of the pod. Jim Nance, wherever you are, where, whenever you're listening, thanks for being a friend of the pod. It was fantastic bumping into you for a brief couple of minutes that morning. Um, he had to jet off, but it was, it was so great to see him. Uh, you know, I did not get him a Joyce's number three. He was a little disappointed in that, but I think our friendship is going to still continue to blossom. I'm not worried. I'm not concerned. Little roadbuck there, little hiccup, but... I didn't think the deli meets would have lasted a couple of days in, at, our, at our beautiful Motel 6. <laughs> I think you made a great call, Rob. No sandwich necessary on this trip, but maybe when we fly out to Pebble and see him at his home, we'll bring a nice Jersey Shore snack or delicious treat for him. 1,000%. One, and, you know, just to talk about the celebs that were there, I'm just going to rattle off some names because it was so cool to see them because they were right there. You know, um, I got a chance to see Nick Saban. He was in attendance. Uh, Larry Fitzgerald was hanging out for a long time. Trevor Lawrence was there. Travis Kelsey was there. Pat Mahomes was in attendance. Got to see him. Uh, Wayne Gretzky. I actually fist bumped it. Fist bumped the great one, Wayne Gretzky. Uh, magical experience right there. I feel like 
his powers like transferred into my body it was like that scene in space jam where they touched the basketball and then and then all the powers transform it's like now i'm gonna take some slap shots outside in the garage <laughs> it's hard to follow up Dwayne wade or any of these celebrities rob it was so cool to see them all uh, i heard Dabo sweeney was there um of course members like condoleezza rice and lynn swan so many great individuals just everybody was fantastic there were so many green jackets it just felt more prevalent because there were less patrons in attendance so just yeah. everybody we interacted with rob was fantastic let's let's go in chronological order for our listeners and talk about the 10 days we were in augusta tell me what your thoughts were about the women's amateur that took place the saturday before the masters yeah you know i i loved it i loved it so uh for the for the listeners out there the women's amateur is you know it's a four-day tourney um and it it takes place on on wednesday thursday friday saturday before the master starts and the first two days take place at a golf course nearby called champions retreat which is an incredible golf course that i've heard of and then the final two days on friday and saturday take place at augusta national where the masters is is held um, i think it's an incredible um opportunity um, for, for women's golf. I think it's so cool. I think that it's going to be around forever. Um, and I think it's, uh, it, it was just a blast, you know, being there a small, intimate crowd. And, you know, we, Rick, you and I like giving tips for our listeners in terms of like tickets and what to wear and how to, you know, get into places. And, but like, I think that the women's amateur tournament is a great ticket to buy or badge to buy um because it's like around probably a couple hundred bucks and it gets you on the course and you're able to walk the course and it's super intimate not a lot of people are there but um it's a really cool experience um to walk the course and, and be a part of that but uh we had a japanese winner um Su subama uh Su subama kajatani uh one which was cool because obviously hideki matsuyama is also japanese and he won the masters so um, pretty, pretty cool uh, win for Japanese and, uh, and, and golf in general. But I loved it. What did you think of the women's amateur? Well, Rob, you nailed everything about all of that. I would just add that in addition to getting onto the course for a very minimal cost, you also have all of the concessions and the merchandise that is the, for the first day available for purchase. So two or three, four days into the Masters, and there's a lot of items that are sold out. A lot of sizes that aren't available anymore in items that you probably would want to purchase. So getting there on that very first day allows you to really have a run of the litter of whatever types of merch that you want to pick up. And then one other big takeaway for me from the women's amateur was, of course, it's growing the game so well. I was extremely impressed by the young ladies who were participating, the 30 ladies who had made the cut had that special opportunity to play on the same exact course that Tiger Woods, Jack Nicholas, Arnie Palmer. That was really cool to see. These ladies are amateurs. So almost all of them are college players. There's a few that are in high school, but these are like, some of them are still teenagers, 17, 18, 19 years old. And I was just so impressed by their poise their maturity, 
their ability to have conversations, look these green jackets in the eye, stand with confidence, and then go out there and hit great tee shots and play wonderful rounds of golf. I was just so impressed, Rob, with the young generation of female golfers that will soon someday likely become professionals. But this is the last big amateur event for a lot of these golfers. And it was just cool to be a part of. I loved the next day as well. In a similar fashion, the National Drive Chip and Putt Championships took place on these hollowed grounds. And the kids that were participating ranged in age from eight years old all the way up to 16 years old. And for those of you out there that aren't familiar, I suggest you Google Drive Chip and Putt. It is an initiative by uh, the golfing community to help kids get into programs with stability and leadership and teachings and just create structure in their lives. So it's like kind of like if you think of Little League Baseball for kids, it's basically Little League Golf. And it's a great way for kids to compete, learn the game and learn life lessons. And there's branches that take place throughout the country and throughout the world of like regional tournaments and competitions and people play locally based upon where they live and they advance and win these challenges throughout the course of the year. And it all culminates in April on the Sunday before the masters where people from, for example, the Southwest region of the country and the Northeast region of the country and the Western part of the country, they all come together and these kids of all these different ages and backgrounds, they compete in having to drive the ball the furthest, chip the ball most accurately, and then putt the ball most successfully into the holes from different ranges. It's really cool, Rob. What were your thoughts on the drive, chip, and putt? Yeah, a, a lot of similar thoughts. I liked the, uh, I mean, these kids are nine years old. There's like a nine to 10 age, age bracket. There's like an 11 to 12, uh, a 13 to 14, and then like a 15 to 16, or maybe, maybe not, but it's like, it's just crazy to think these kids are so young. And I just loved how they grasped it. Like they realized they're golfers and they weren't taking the, like they're competitive. They want to win. They want to have fun, but they want to win. I love that. But then they also realize that they're at Augusta National and the chances of them coming back and playing the course or being on the 18th green for the putting competition are slim to none. <laughs> so like a lot of these kids are just in awe and they really appreciate that. So I, I loved seeing that. I loved seeing what they did too, because Augusta National, uh, they don't have uh you know, electronic scoreboards there. All of the scoreboards are these scoreboards that um, are manual. So like, like Wrigley Field and Fenway Park. So when someone hits a birdie, they'll have to put that up manually. But they, they this goes to show you, and we're going to get into like the intricacies of detail and preparation that go into the tournament and how insane it is and, and, and how, how much like we're impressed by every um, everything that Augusta does because <laughs> um, their attention to detail. They built a scoreboard. They literally, in one day after the women's amateur, um, came in that night, built this mini scoreboard, like probably, you know, 20 feet by 20 feet, 
and had electrical wires going to it. And they would put all the kids' names up there. They would highlight like how far they are away from the, the, the pin um, and, or, or from, yeah, from the pin. And it was just really cool to see the electronic scoreboard at Augusta national. Cause it's never there. And then seeing the golfers come out like Bubba Watson, I, I never was like a fan, but I never wasn't a fan of Bubba Watson. I was like, all right, cool. Like Bubba, but I actually became more of a fan of Bubba Watson because he spent the whole day at the, at the 18th green watching these kids play and then shaking or fist bumping like every single kid that came off. And I just thought that was so cool. Um, yeah, go on. Rob, he did that for the women's amateur as well, too. Like he was there all day and he was the only green jacket winner uh, that was doing it. And I just, you know, huge shout out to Bubba Watson. I know he's a fan of the pod. Huge and man, huge fan. Listens to us. He listens to us before he tees off at Augusta National, I've heard. I've heard I heard that too. Heard you know, just cool stuff on Bubba's part. Great fun before the actual tournament itself. It goes to show you that Augusta National gets the big picture. They understand what it's all about. Growing the game, not just professionally for men on the PGA Tour, but for kids, boys and girls, young ladies trying to become professionals. Um, just really impressive, all the things. And we're just hitting on a few of these details here otherwise this podcast would be like four hours long if we went into every little component of augusta national and the masters week but let's jump into it rob let's talk a little bit about the practice rounds leading up to the 85th plane of the masters golf tournament tell me about the practice rounds rob cool so if i were uh, i'm going to start off with saying if i were to give a recommendation go, having gone to the masters three times at this point and being a part of, you know, drive, chip and putt, ladies amateur, practice rounds, Sunday at the Masters, you know, the whole week, I would highly recommend to our listeners, if they want to go to the Masters, I would buy tickets for the ladies amateur, drive, chip and putt, and a practice round. And the, the reason why I say the practice round and, and, and the tournament play if you want, but, you know, you can't go wrong with those three in the beginning. And the reason why is because the practice rounds, Wednesday, or Tuesday, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. And it is, it's laid back. It's super chill. The golfers are having a blast. They're taking it all in. Uh, you know, a lot, you know, some of these golfers realize that they're just super fortunate to be there. Like the amateurs, the, 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 the lucky amateurs that make the tournament, like they're in awe. And I'll never forget Tyler Strafasi when he was about to, he was about to tee off with, um, uh, with Dustin Johnson this year, I'm getting ahead of ourselves because we were talking practice rounds, but I go to Tyler, I go, I go, Tyler, how, how you feeling? You're about to tee off with uh, Dustin Johnson. And he goes, nervous as hell, man, about to shit my pants. <laughs> he goes, but I'll be good. I'll be good. And, and I told him, I go, I go, don't worry. We'll get a clean, 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 uh, a clean pair of pants for you when you come back on nine. <laughs> that was good but uh you know just seeing their faces and they're in awe they're in shock even even some of the players too that uh sometimes don't make the cut um it's just so cool everyone's so chill super approachable you can talk to the players um ask them how they're doing they want to talk to the fans they want to interact with the kids as much as possible um yeah so i mean i just love the practice rounds what about what about you what are some of your highlights and then we'll talk about the champion's dinner, and uh, some of the other things that go on. 
Yeah, absolutely. There's so much fanfare to be had on practice rounds. You can bring your camera on property, no cell phones, but you can bring a camera. Uh, you can take pictures, really cool stuff. Really recommend being there on practice round days, walking and exploring the course and the grounds itself. Rob, I would take away from the practice rounds just how laid back these golfers are before they dial up for Thursday when they embark on what will be the most important four days of their lives. People's lives, their families, generationally down the line, like you win the Masters and everything changes forever. But during the practice rounds, these guys are cool, calm and collected, having fun. And it's really cool to see. I love it. I love the fan interaction like you talked about. Tuesday night, ladies and gentlemen, Rob just alluded to it. Champions dinner, so unique. No other golf tournament or sporting event really does something like this annually. But any previous winner of the Masters tournament who is still living is invited every Tuesday evening before each year's Masters to attend a dinner at the Augusta National Golf Club, which is hosted by the previous year's winner. So this year on Tuesday, before the Masters began, Dustin Johnson, who had won the 2020 Masters, hosted the dinner. He got to select the menu, what type of food was gonna be served. He had pigs in a blanket as an appetizer, some nice skirt steak for dinner, and just a really great, great meal. I heard it was fantastic. The pictures on the website look delicious. And he also gets to pick the seating selection where everybody sits. And this is typically held by 30 to 40 uh, members, excuse me, like 30 or 40 previous year's champions are in attendance. And it's just so wonderful. Everybody's got their green jackets on. Everybody goes around and signs uh, flags from um, the course just so that they have some souvenirs. They put them up for their auctions at their foundations later in the years. Um, just really cool that they do this dinner every year and it's super private and just an intimate way to get together with all previous champions. So cool. And, you know, we were there towards the tail end of the day and we got to see, you know, Danny Willett, Jordan Spieth, a bunch of people in their green jackets. The wives are decked out, you know, head to toe, just looking beautiful. Uh, super intimate. They uh, they go upstairs to the top of the clubhouse and have a cocktail hour up there. It's 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 class 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 for sure. Um, and uh, I, I I think it's such a cool tradition. The next day on on Wednesday, I asked Bubba. I said, Bubba, I have to ask how are the how are the pigs in the blanket last night? And he said, Oh man, they were. They were really good. They were really good. A lot fancier than the than the pigs in a blanket you and I are used to, but they were on point. And I go, okay, they dressed him up a little bit for you. And he's like, yeah, he started getting a little chuckle out of that. Uh, so that was that was a cool interaction there. Uh, but uh, the champions dinner is great. And then the next day is is typically your par three uh, competition, which uh, you know when you go to Augusta National. You have to go and check out the par three course if it's open for you to go check it out. It's just so cool. So many great memories. This tradition started back in the 60s or 70s of having a par three competition prior to the master starting to kind of loosen the nerves, have some fun out there, have a little swagger. 
and uh, it is a party scene. So I would highly recommend Wednesday at the Masters as well for the par three competition. It's just a, it's just a blast. And people bring their kids out as their caddies, uh, wives out as their caddies. It's, it's a lot of fun. But let's pause right here. And I want to talk about the actual Masters itself, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. But I just want to spend a couple of minutes, Rick, talking about the attention to detail that Augusta National has in terms of their entire park. I call it a park. I feel like it's an amusement park for golfers, right? It's like Disney World for golfers. I'm going to start, start this off by just rattling off some things that like, like no one else besides for Disney World does. And like, like people just appreciate it. Like even if you're not a golfer, even if you're not a golfer, going to Augusta National is a treat because of how beautiful it is. Um, it was, uh, it was, a it was formerly a nursery back in the thirties and forties. And there's, there's 8,000 trees planted, uh, in, on this golf course, there's over 350 different species of plants and flowers and all that good stuff there. So, uh, it's just, it's just so beautiful. Like the, the pine straws just are, are not even out of place. Um, but I just want to rattle off a couple of things and Rick, I'm sure a couple of things will pop into your head. Um, one of the things that I thought was the craziest thing that, uh, some, some cool things that they do was when I go to throw away a cup, I've never seen this before. I've never seen, uh, a place do this, but when I go to throw away a cup of coffee or a, a water that I'm drinking or something, and I, I go to throw it out, I'm always hesitant to throw it out in the garbage can because, uh, you know, it's, it's liquid. The guy that picks it up, the, the trash man, I try to be considerate. The trash man that's about to pick it up, if there's a hole in the bag, it's going to get, the juices are going to get all over him. It's going to be super gross. And I'm always like, ah, shoot. So like, I, I always go to pour it out before I throw it away. Augusta National, if you can picture this, ladies and gentlemen, literally have a trash can. And then next to the trash can, they have what looks like a trash can, but it's actually a pouring station that is hooked up with uh, plumbing that goes to wherever, but it's designed and has a grate. So you literally pour out your drink and then throw it away. <laughs> I was like, who thinks of this stuff? The next was, I was talking to a guy, not a green jacket, but uh, this guy, Nick, who's a part of their uh, committee for cleanliness. They have a cleanliness committee. And he was telling me that they have gum, gum scrapers. So if someone were to stick their gum on a chair or on a table, they actually have people that will come by and scrape it off. Um, kind of like Disney World has that. And then one morning I was waiting in line. I was waiting in line to get some food. And I saw these two people that are part of the horticultural group at Augusta National. And their job is to go around to all the planters and organize the plants to make sure that they look perfect. And I watched these two individuals go up to these three planters that weren't that big. They were like th two feet by two feet. And they had these yellow little flowers there with like a big you know, tree coming out of the middle. And I watched them for a solid five minutes, just organizing these little plants and wiping away any dirt that might've been on like the fringe or or on that, uh, on that holder. And I just watched them organize the plants. And then another person came over and analyzed it and started moving the plants in a different direction. I was like, yeah, that's, that's a better look right there. And it's something that I would never think to do, but they did. <laughs> <laughs> and 
how, on, awesome. how on top of their stuff they are is th- this one story I heard from uh, uh, people that have been to Augusta National way more than I have is every every possible laborer, like electrician, plumber, sink guy, toilet guy, you know, uh, painter, uh, mirrors is on call. Like everybody's on call in, in the state of Georgia if something were to happen. And what happened years ago uh, was during, during a tournament day, a tree fell on a, a restroom, one of the public restrooms. Nobody got hurt, but a tree fell and like destroyed the roof, destroyed the restroom. And it fell on a tournament day, like whatever we'll call it in the afternoon. But 12 hours later, 12 hours later, they had a brand new bathroom installed and everything looked exactly the same. The tree was removed, the roof was replaced, all the infrastructure was fine. And then painting was there, urinals were there, toilets were there, mirrors were there. The only thing that was that you knew it was different is because it smelled like a fresh coat of paint. <laughs> Rob, crazy, dude. Crazy the attention to detail, the resources these guys have. I'll tell you two quick fun things that I think just summarize how great the experience is. One is if you use the restroom, if you're going into the restroom, I kid you not, there are individuals that are assigned to work in the restrooms to keep it one, as clean as humanly possible, and two, as organized and as efficiently run as it could possibly be. They'll find out and they'll ask you, are you a one, are you a two? And they'll put you in a stall or they'll put you in a urinal and they'll wipe the seat down before you go into the stall. They'll clean the urinal before you approach it. It is so fantastic. I've never been anywhere else where they've done that before, but that's one tidbit. The other attention to detail factor that I just thought was so incredible was they were setting up for presentations on the practice putting green after the women's amateur, after the drive chip and putt, and of course, after the masters was won. And there was this long pole it was probably about 12 feet tall. It had like a saucer type thing on the top of it. It's some sort of technology, not really sure from a distance what was happening. But I asked the grounds crew operator as after he was done, I said to him, hey, what is that you're doing over there? And the thing was, Rob, he was taking this, this, this pole and putting it up against every corner of a chair. So they had several chairs out on the practice putting green. And what they were doing was putting this pole up against each corner, each leg of the chair, and then just pressing some buttons and then moving it to the next corner of the chair and the next corner. And they did this for every chair that was on the practice putting green for the ceremony that they were getting ready to conduct in a few hours. So I said this to this guy, I go, hey, what are you doing? And he goes, oh, this is a GPS device. We're um, spotting the location, the longitude, latitude, for where this chair leg should be. And then we do that for each chair leg and each chair so that each year and each ceremony, it's in the exact identical spot. And to me, Rob, that is just bonkers. I love it. I think it's so cool. They GPS all of the scoreboards that they set up, the grandstands, uh, everything that gets put onto that property has a computer uh, generated 
longitude, latitude, exact precise location on planet Earth where it needs to be. So wild, just I can't go on any further. That's the type of place that you're at when you're at the Masters. Ah, uh, it it their attention to detail is is mind blowing. Love. Let's do this. Let's talk real briefly so we can put a bow on this podcast here. Let's talk a little bit about the Masters itself. The 2021 Masters, which was won by Hideki Matsuyama. There was a lot of drama that took place. I'll set the scene, Rob. You play it out for our listeners here in case they weren't able to catch every single shot. So 2020, of course, the pandemic took place. The Masters did not occur in April, but rather in the fall. The course played differently in the fall. It was actually very generous to the players. The winner, Dustin Johnson, in November, scored a record low 20 strokes below par to win the Masters. The course was just very gettable, and Dustin Johnson made it look easy. So the grounds crew and the folks that be at Augusta National decided we were going to come out with some teeth on the opening round. And that's what they did, Rob. It was a brutal challenge. On a Thursday afternoon, the sun was beaming in Augusta, Georgia. The greens were fast and furious. They, they pulled in the reins a little bit on Friday to make it a little bit easier. Uh, there were some good numbers posted on Friday. But all in all, uh, a few big names didn't make the cut on Friday to get into the weekend. But there were several names that did. Walk through, Rob, from Justin Rose to Hideki Matsuyama to Will Zalatoris taking the stage. Tell our listeners what your takeaways were from this tournament. Yeah, you're right. The greens were fast and furious. And Justin Rose got out to a really strong lead on the first day. He shot seven under on the first day. And myself, I was like, oh, no, are we going to watch another DJ run away with it? Because for you fans out there, like, you don't want that. Like, you're at the Masters. You want it to come down. You want, to, you want it to come down to the 18th green. You want it to come down to 18th green Sunday at the Masters. You're watching it. Maybe a playoff. Like, you want, you want the drama, right? Like, that's what, that's what we as golf fans really, really want. And we got a little bit of it. We got a solid amount of it. We got a great champion, a great ambassador for the – game of golf in Hideki Matsuyama. Um, Justin Rose gets off to a fiery start. The second day does, does nothing. Seven under stays around seven under. And then the field starts to catch up to him. And then, and then third, and then Saturday, that's when Hideki Matsuyama took, took the charge. And it was, uh, it wasn't really until after the rain delay. And what's really unique about uh, the Masters is they're so aware of the weather that they will blow a siren and everybody has to get off the golf course. And these leaders that are up at the leaderboard, like, you know, the people that, that went off early in the, in the day on, on, on Saturday, you know, they had fast greens. They, there was no rain, there was no moisture. So actually the people that got, uh, you know, the rain delay paused them for an hour, but they kind of took advantage of that just because, the, the rain slowed down the greens and it gave them an opportunity to play well. And it was just so cool to see 
uh, what the field was shaping up for on Sunday. And you had, of course, you had Hideki Matsuyama, uh, you know, come out and I believe he was, you know, uh, what was it, 13 under on, uh, on, um, on the on, on after Saturday, Rick was it thirteen under or twelve under? He was he was eleven under. Xander Shoffley was seven under. So there right. was a four stroke difference in that final pairing. Exactly. So Hideki Matsuyama eleven under, and Shoffley seven under. Rose seven under. Uh, you had Will Zalatoris seven under. A bunch of people at six. A bunch of people at five. And it's kind of cool like that. We were so excited for it. And my favorite person was definitely Will Zalatoris. Um, even though he didn't win the Masters, he came in second and he's super young. It's actually his first ever Masters. And he uh, did not even qualify to, for the Masters until the last week leading up to it, where he bumped up into the top 50 ranking in the world. And uh, he wasn't even in this brochure that they hand out. His name was nowhere to be found because he came in the week of and he qualified for the tournament. And uh, his his line that he was saying throughout the interviews was, you know, my whole life, people thought I was crazy to play Augusta National. So I might as well just think that I'm crazy enough to win it. And it was so cool to see his family when they finished on on the 18th green we got to i got to see his family and his dad and his mom were breaking down in tears and you know obviously such an incredible moment where their son finishes nine under at augusta national at his first time uh the income's pretty good he he, he earned up 1.2 million dollars just from that purse so instant millionaire <laughs> um and uh but it was just cool to see the magnitude of it and he thought they were going to go to an overtime uh and Shoffley puts a couple balls in the water, but uh, Hideki Matsuyama ends up winning. But one of the coolest things about Augusta National is that, again, there's no scoreboards. You're not, like, there's no, uh, you know, right in the moment scoreboard. So you have, there's a pause to it because it's all manual. And then you don't have your cell phone. So you can't check what other golfers are doing or call anyone or anything like that. So you're kind of left just, just to sit there and hear the roars that happen and try and figure out what's going on and what hole and what pairing. And it's like, that's actually one of my favorite things. And Rick on Sunday at the masters, we were hanging out on 18 and we would hear like, Ooh, and like, you knew something like bad happened for somebody, but you didn't know until they changed the scoreboard manually. And then you would hear everybody on 18 react to it like oh <laughs> and then and then the opposite it's like when something great happened like uh you know uh tommy fleetwood one day had a hole in one on 16 you heard like the la a super loud roar down on 16 and you're at the top of the hill on 18 and you're like what happened hole in one who was it and you know like a hole in one a hole in one an eagle uh, you know, a, a birdie, a par, you, you know, the sound, so you can kind of piece it together, but that, uh, delayed gratification of looking at the scoreboard and trying to figure out who it is, <laughs> is always something fun for me. And, uh, it was, uh, it was cool to see Hideki Matsuyama win, uh, as, as a tradition, unlike any other, you and I were watching that right next to the bunker that he put it into, um, on 18, just like, just like we did with Tiger when he, when he won the masters. So 
very cool special moment for you and I as brothers uh, to be at the Masters on the 18th on the 18th green, uh, watching watching the sunset and watching a new Masters champion be uh, be crowned. Rob, you couldn't have said it any better. You're like Scott Van Pelt. Oh, by the way, we got a chance to dab him up at the Masters too, breaking down all of the action. Rob, that was fantastic. I'll just end this episode of the Brothers Brand Podcast by saying that Hideki Matsuyama's victory may go down as being one of the most important and historic victories in all of the Masters Championships that have been held over the last 85 years. And here's why. He became the first Japanese, the first Asian champion, not just in Masters history, but in all of the majors that take place in golf each year. So you've got the PGA Championship, you've got the US Open, you've got the British Open, and you've got the Masters. Every year, these majors, these championships are hosted. And never before has there been an Asian champion. And as we all know, golf is a big sport in Asia. And this is going to inspire millions and millions from that continent to pick up a golf club and give that sport a try. And I couldn't be more happy for the continent, the country of Japan, and the person that Hideki Matsuyama is. He is in his late 20s, and he is just a stellar individual and so happy for him. Cannot wait to hear what is on the menu for next year's Champions Dinner in 2022. For all you listeners out there, I'm Rick Brandt. And I'm Rob Brandt. Thanks for listening. Hideki Matsuyama, bust out the sushi and hibachi. Let's go, baby. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.